Hello and welcome to episode number 232 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today are B and Leah Koch from The Ripped Bodice. We are talking about their first year as a exclusively romance bookstore, the things that they've learned and enjoyed about you know, basically running a really freaking cool bookstore and what they have planned for next year. We also talk about dogs because they have among the cutest store dogs ever. So we talk about dogs and their dog's responsibilities in the store and how he has affected their general workflow. We also talk about upcoming events, including a really cool exhibition that's coming up. And we talk about a crap load of books because that's kind of what happens. This is also a nice long episode. It's over an hour at the moment. And if I yammer a lot in the outro, it might be, you know, even longer than that. Although I try not to yammer in the outro. Also, uh, yammer in the outro sounds like a really good name for a band. Anyway, I know how much many of you have appreciated the podcast lately and that you've been using them as a place for an hour or so of quiet, fun, safe peaceful enjoyment. And a lot of you have emailed me about that. And I want to say thank you. That means a lot to me. I am very honored that this show is something that you use as solace and self-care. And I'm really very touched. So thank you for letting me know that. This podcast is brought to you by Kensington. Kensington would like you to know about Into the Firestorm by Kat Martin. Don't miss the pulse-pounding third installment in the New York Times bestselling series Boss Inc. by acclaimed author Kat Martin into the firestorm. Follow bounty hunter Emma Cassidy as she prepares to get revenge on one of Seattle's most powerful underground gangsters. But Rudy Vance is proving tricky to nail down. So Emma enlists the help of Luke Brody, a fellow bounty hunter who is as legendary for his skills in a fight as he is in the bedroom. Together, they generate so much heat, Rudy Vance and his gang don't stand a chance. Cat Martin's signature spine-tingling suspense, unforgettable action, and scorching passion that made her a household name is on full display in Into the Firestorm, on sale now wherever books are sold, and on kensingtonbooks.com. I also want to thank Orville for being on the desk as my official sound engineer and moving my keyboard around while I'm trying to record. That's an enormous help. Thank you very much. Now, I also have some compliments to give out in this episode, and this is absolutely one of my favorite things to do. So I have two special, incredibly heartfelt, genuine handcrafted artisan compliments. To Michelle H., the map of every footstep you've taken in your life spells out all the words that describe you, including awesome sauce, legendary, and wonderful. And to Selby M., the people in your life value you deeply for your charm and your ability to make people laugh, especially when they need it most. Your friends are so lucky to have you. And I also want to say hi to Nisha, who's probably cleaning her house. If it's Nisha or Nisha, I've said your name wrong, I'm sorry, but cleaning is awesome, so keep going. And if you are wondering what is going on, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, help me commission transcripts and upgrade equipment, but more importantly, there are different reward levels, and I had a lot of fun designing the different reward levels, one of them being heartfelt, genuine, handcrafted compliments. So, patreon.com slash smartbitches. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I will have information at the end of the podcast, who this is and where you can find it. Although I bet you know, because we have some favorites and favorites are good. And as always, all of the books and links and things that we mentioned in this episode will be at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast and at itunes.com slash dbsa. And now, without any further delays, on with the podcast. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Great. How are you? We are awesome. Thank you. Me and all of my cats. I have both cats standing by because I understand you have questions about for the cats. Hi cats. Well, hi, do, you, do you want to come here? Our too? tiny prince is with us. Would Thanks. you like to come say hello? Hello. <laughs> does he have a, a specific voice? Does Fitzwilliam yeah. Waffles have a... It's kind of like a Marcel the Shell. It happens, yeah. <laughs> he will at some point during this start. We call him Pig Dog because he like pig snorts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my dogs does that. Yeah. So he'll start going like... <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, it's it's really not a good episode of my podcast if the pets don't interrupt in some way on one side yeah, of the recording. That's like a standard smart bitches podcasting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in the middle of having a great discussion about diversity with Alicia Rye and my cat's at the top of the stairs, like, singing. <laughs> like, pissed off about inclusivity and romance, just howling about it. Alicia is my favorite because... We, like, use the same dating apps, and she makes me feel not so bad about myself. Yeah. But it's almost like with dating, having too much choice is makes it even more difficult. Oh, yeah. I have ridiculous rules <laughs> that if I met you in real life, it would be very different. Yeah. Right? Uh, you, you have to, because there's so little concrete information to go by. Right. And you have to make base, you have to make judgments based on pictures and picture. It's not always judgments based on how they look. It's no. Like what else is, it's in, what else the is in the picture? Right. That's like, okay. Mean. I see that you have no shirt on, but it also looks like you haven't washed your clothes in a year. <laughs> That's gross. That is gross. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you all kinds of nosy questions. Um, because I am so excited that it's almost your one year anniversary. Can't it. It's so crazy. To think it's about. March, right? March 4th? Yeah. March 4th, March 4th, 2017. Yay! You made it a whole year kicking ass and taking names. Well, not yet. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we have almost made it a year. We could, like, the place could burn down next week. Oh, oh God forbid. Um, I mean, not that it will, but um, that's why well, you have the giant, dog. He's going to keep The giant earthquake could come. The dog has been, in my personal opinion, <laughs> this is me, the single best thing we have done since opening this bookstore. <laughs> now, do you guys live together as well as run the store together? We yep. do indeed. So um, the dog is a joint decision. The story of the dog is... <laughs> the story of the dog seven days. Yeah. So Leah has a cat. And the cat lives with us, and right. we love Clementine. She, We love her very much. She's our princess. And so I had been talking about getting a dog for a little while, but Leah was saying that she wasn't sure that Clementine would like a dog. And we were kind of waiting to see if I would move in with my boyfriend, but we pushed that back a little bit. Also, there's a very real problem that I don't like walking. Yeah. She didn't want to walk <laughs> or take care of a dog. I don't want to take care of a dog. So I was like, you can get the dog. When you move in with your boyfriend and it, he can come to the store and uh, that'll be great, but I don't want to live with the dog. Right. So then we were dog sitting for a friend and the dog was here for 10 minutes and Leah <laughs> texted me and was like, let's get a dog. <laughs> and then it's just, it was just so nice to have this little dog like sitting on the couch and all the customers were so excited. And I was yeah. like, we should just get a dog. So two hours later, I <laughs> was looking at pictures, which Leah was like, we can get a dog, but it's almost the holidays and we're traveling. Right. So. This was like December, the first week of December. I was like, we already have plane tickets. We're leaving for 10 days. Like 
do not go on the adoption website until January. And then five minutes later, she starts texting me pictures I of dogs. I started texting her all these pictures, and we were both like, oh, this one's cute, this one's cute. And then I just sent her a picture of Fitz and said, this is our dog. They had drawn a little, a little halo, halo over his head. Oh, no. And he, no. Only, and he only has one eye. Do you I know text- why he only has one eye? It's it's very no, unclear. and we wish we did because people want to know, and we're like, oh, I don't know. He was in a shelter before the rescue, the wonderful rescue we work with called a purposeful rescue found him, um, and the shelter took out his eye, and the only thing they said was trauma on the medical forms. So that's the only info we have. Yeah, oh. I mean, we're kind of assuming that some other kind of animal took a swipe at him, but. Right. It's a very unsatisfying answer for people. It's especially unsatisfying for kids who love him and freak out and want to, they, they want to know. They're very Yeah, curious. but every answer you could give a child is sad because I've yeah. like tried a lot of different things. I was like, oh, he it was hurt. You know, he was sick. It was hurting him. So the doctor took it out. Or one time I said he was in a car accident and that was a bad idea. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, that would yeah. be bad. No. So um, we had a customer who's a child psychologist, and she told us to tell kids that he was born that way. Yeah. That works. Yeah. That so works. that's what we're doing now. It's not true, but that's what we're doing now. Well, I mean, you could also make up a very romance hero backstory. Yeah. Well, I was saying Leo was joking and saying he got in a fight with a shark and lost. But, like, people think it's real. People were so confused. They were like, how? Well, well, how did that how did he just get his eye considering that he fits in your hand? Right. Okay, so B sent us the picture. B yeah. sent me the picture. And I was like, oh, well, that's the cutest dog ever in the land. Like, I was like, all right, where is where is he right now? And there, he, she was like, he's with a foster and we can meet him on Saturday. Uh-oh. So we go to the adoption event. We showed is up this at- also the story of how the bookstore came to be? I mean, more or less. (laughs) We don't. We're somewhat. No, I feel like because we thought we thought about the general idea of getting a dog forever. And then once we found the right dog, it was like, yeah, that's so true. I fully believe in fate now because all of the little things. Oh, yeah. Because worked out. We were going to get a big dog. Oh, yeah. We talked about like a a big pit bull or a lab. You wanted like a golden retriever or a lab. And then we ended up with this tiny thing. Yeah. It's more because, like squirrel than dog. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, you just have to wait for the right dog to present itself. I'm like, what? It's just, you know, that's not real. No, like it's bad real. dating advice. Yeah. So we go to the adoption event. We show up a half hour early. We're such nerds. <laughs> We're like waiting. And then Fitz comes trotting up with his really nice foster mom. Oh, she was the sweetest. And, you know, we played with him for a little while and... I was, like, I was like, okay, do you want him? She's like, obviously, yes. <laughs> so we headed to work. We emailed that. We emailed the adoption people. We're like, we'll take, we'll take him. <laughs> um, obviously, we want him, and we'll just figure. You know, we'll just be was then on the phone with the airline, seeing if we could bring him with us yeah, to visit our family to our flight in Utah. Um, and he was home on Tuesday. Exactly seven days after we had decided to get a dog. Well, you know, that's how it happens. It is. And then he was home, and he then he flew to Utah with us, and he does not like the snow. No, we discovered. <laughs> He's a California nope. dog? Yes. He was 
he very was, unhappy. He was like, I'm pretty sure that the rescue made you sign a contract stating that I would be raised in Southern California. <laughs> you contract and I'm going to speak to someone. <laughs> he, he was so funny. He, he's just with the one eye. He's so expressive. <laughs> and he would I put this video of it snowed like crazy while we were there. And, and one morning I came down to take him for a walk and I opened the door and I walked out and he was just standing in the doorway looking at me like, hell no. <laughs> I saw that video. He was like, what? Uh, yeah, he's that's like, not happening. Problem. It's cute. B has also, B writes Fitz, because Fitz has his own Instagram. Yeah. At I, uh, I, I am aware. And <laughs> B writes his captions like in his own voice. So he's like, <laughs> he's very wry. <laughs> And he's very, he's very much the like put upon child of mm-hmm. the parents who embarrass him. <laughs> he's yeah. always like, mom, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah. But he's just, and everybody, he's also in, responsible for a 10% increase in our business. Oh my gosh. It's insane. Oh everybody, my gosh. Um, he's so popular and like people find, you know, people, dog people start following him and then they find the store. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. He's it's been a really great addition. So he's pretty much- what is, what are his dog responsibilities? <laughs> what are his responsibilities in the store? I am sure that, you know, as a new member of the, of the, uh, of the team, he has a very specific set of requirements. Yeah, yeah. he definitely does. Um, so he wears the costumes and the seasonal <laughs> decorations that we can force upon him. Right. For whatever. Right. He has to be dressed up for the season. We don't make him dress up every day. Just no, like once just or twice sometimes. a holiday. Like we just got him a Valentine's Day outfit. Yeah. Um, also, to yesterday or the day before was apparently National Dress Up Your Dog Day. Oh, no. Which- he was very distraught that she wasn't prepared for. Yeah. <laughs> so then she was online sh- shopping for various oh, humiliating outfits. So many things. Um, so uh, if you've seen pictures of the store, we have the main desk where people check out. Right. Um, and it's white. And so he has a little pink pad and he sits um, on top on the desk. Right. Um, right. And for most of the day. And when you come to check out, he presents his stomach to you. Right. And right. you rub it while you check out. And if you don't, then he yells at you. <laughs> and if you start and then stop because, say, you need to sign a receipt or hand over your credit card, that's not okay. No. No, no. Once you begin with the belly rubbing, the belly rubbing must continue. You are yeah. contractually obligated to continue. I would say he receives at least... 10 hours of belly rubs a day. <laughs> <laughs> he is just all, he lays on his back always in the whole, and he sleeps with his little leg raised in the off chance that if I wake up in the middle of the night and start giving him belly rubs, I have easy access. Oh, right. Yeah. You, you, my, my dog sleeps like that. It's usually the back <laughs> leg, right? So funny. Yes. Right? That way the, the dog leg is up and right that way the you, you're not going to miss the opportunity. No. Now, he is also obviously the protector and guard dog of the store and standing at approximately eight inches tall. He's very 
you know, fears. So if somebody unsavory comes to the door, he will bark at them, such as the mailman. Oh, <laughs> you can't let the mailman just think he owns the place. That's no, unacceptable. No. Also, it's so sad because the mailman loves him. His name is Jerry. <laughs> the mailman in the world. And both our mailman and our FedEx man love the dog. And the dog just... The dog always barks at them. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you here? Yeah, because they're bringing, they're bringing foreign objects into the store. It's usually like big boxes and stuff. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and he does not. So he sits up on the desk. But then if we go to help a customer, he doesn't like to be left there. So he comes to recommend books with us. Yeah. Um, and he he likes customers frequently asked to hold him. Um, and they'll just carry him around while they shop. Of course. So, no, he's he's really an all-around champion store dog. He, he is. Uh, he must he must really enjoy his his responsibilities, though. I mean, it, it must not be too difficult for him to endure no, his, his I increased think, workload every day. Yes, I think he is embracing his new life. Right, of course. He's like tucked up in my lap. We was just like, where is he? I was like, where did he go? Um, he's embracing his new life with the with an eye on us to make sure that we're you know uh, doing exactly what he would like and following instructions. He's our new little taskmaster. He is though. Like everybody said, he is the most easygoing dog. Yeah, he is so calm all the time. He loves everybody. We cannot have gotten a better shop dog specifically he's just he's just made to be a shop dog he is well and and we actually knew that ahead of time his foster mom was already bringing him to work with her and she works at a little boutique in silver lake so he had a little shop dog experience yes right he He just needed to transition into books exactly he'd had an internship right to test out the waters yeah Um, so who chose fitzwilliam waffles as his name (laughs) it was kind of an a joint effort. Yeah. Well, we had we had a whole list, um, and like, and we were trying to hold off until we you know knew what he looked like, and we wanted something romance related. The like the most popular suggestion was Darcy. And we're right. like that's too is too obvious. Also, it's a hilarious. Fitz, he is not a Fitzwilliam Darcy. Even at all, <laughs> he is much more of a Bingley. If we're being completely, that was off. another option. He thinks Bingley. your country manners are charming. Yes, okay. he enjoys our. He's not very standoffish at all. No, yes, he's much more loving. Um, and than... then we asked for suggestions online, and we Leah had texted me like even before we had picked Fitzwilliam. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we named our dog Waffles? <laughs> and someone else on Twitter suggested Waffles. I just thought Waffles was really funny for several reasons. It's just a funny word. Yes, um, it just like sounds funny. Um. And but I liked waffles because yeah. I had wanted like a feminine like I was thinking like Steinem mm-hmm. or like like an old or like Friedan, like an old school feminist. Yeah, name. we wanted to give him a feminist name. And then I was thinking like nope for Leslie Nope. But waffles is really our homage to Leslie Nope. Right. Yeah, this it, makes sense. Yes. And on his Instagram bio, it says friends waffles work. Waffle Waffles friends work. 
<laughs> this is a Leslie Knope quote about how waffles and friends are the two most important things in life, followed by work. And it doesn't matter which order friends and waffles are in as long as work is last. Yeah. And so he now has you guys as friends. His name is Waffles, and he has a new job. Yes. yes. So it's all those things. So he's all, he's I, all set. I think that um, in terms of the crazy emotional place a lot of us were in after November, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting a dog has been, been the single biggest self-care thing I have done. He is a therapy dog for the world. For the world. For yep. everyone who comes into our bookstore, he just makes you feel a little better. That's so lovely. He's the best. We're we're a bit oh. obsessed. Yeah, we're like pretty <laughs> obsessed with him. But yes. we haven't done that long. No. So um, <laughs> like a new baby. I uh, let's see. We adopted our two dogs when my younger son was two and now he's nine. And we adopted two orange cats last year, also in March. Um and I my Instagram feed is pretty much embroidery and cats. Yeah. Like, yes, it's we <laughs> Instagram feed. Oh, thank you. That's all anyone wants to look at. Embroidery, food, and cats, right? That's what I got going on here. Big part of Fitz's job, and the reason that it's so much better that we ended up with a small dog is he's like the same size as a stack of books. So we just was him next to books. You need to start hiring him out to publishers. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we should do that. Well, we we are in the works. I, I guess we can reveal what his future product. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we've asked one of our very favorite card designers to design a Fitzwilliam waffles card. Oh my right. gosh. That's amazing. We're going to have greeting cards, have greeting cards with fits on them. And we're going to, and probably eventually other things. Yeah, definitely. But we're going to donate some amount of the proceeds to the rescue that helped us find him because they do such good work here. Which, uh, uh, which so- rescue was it? A purposeful rescue. Follow them on Instagram at your own Yeah, peril. but also don't because you'll want every <laughs> you'll want dog. Every single dog. At like, least one day, Leah and I turned to each other and are like, uh, can we get... so?" And they name all their dogs. They all have amazing names. And they call their dogs magical unicorns. Oh. <laughs> so it's like Princess Leia, the magical unicorn. Yeah, B really wants to adopt this new oh, dog called Princess, Princess Leia. Leia. <laughs> You know what you should also do is um, have Fitzwilliam uh, blurb different books. <laughs> That's a good oh idea. Oh, my gosh. Fitzwilliam should – he should do – he should be like the staff recommends. It's just the dog. Yes. Fitzwilliam Waffles recommends. <laughs> he, he just this is what people were reading while they were petting me in the store. So, therefore, judging yeah. by the quality of the belly rub, I can tell you that this is a good book. Oh my god, it should be one out of five belly rubs. One out rubs. of five belly rubs. Yes, you should totally do this. We're gonna totally steal that and do that. Dude, Tom is not even stealing. It is a gift. <laughs> we talked about adding shelf talkers like in our you know, what should we do next year? Fun things. We we saw like people posting funny shelf talkers and I've been saving all the funniest ones. Uh-huh. So there you go. It's happening. Fitzwilliam recommends. Yeah, and it could be like we'll have like a little st- like a little picture of him with like the little speech bubble. Yep. And yep. then like little paw prints, like one out of five, yep. <laughs> two out of five, three 
me on this one? Ah! Well, he's My, only going to recommend things that he likes. Yeah, so. right. But then you could have it have the shelf talkers be him complaining. Like, my <laughs> dinner was due at six o'clock, and I didn't get fed till seven damn thirty because my mom was reading this book and would not put it the hell down. Five angry paws. Can you <laughs> can you please come write them for us? Oh, oh sure, I'd be happy to. You. <laughs> I mean, come on, I I um. I have a really good time coming up with random heartfelt compliments for podcast patrons, so I would be more than happy happy to help write Fitzwilliam's shelf talking angry paws. That would be angry paws. It was raining, and this person was reading, and I didn't get a walk, and it was raining, so four paws. Stop. Four. <laughs> That's like we rate Bee's favorite Instagram is we rate dogs. Oh my oh gosh! Oh my gosh! I love that Instagram. I love nothing more than the phrase. They're good dogs, Brent. <laughs> I think it is the funniest exchange I've ever seen. Do you want to explain seen. it for people who don't know what oh, the hell you're talking about? Sure. Um, we Rate Dogs says things like, fluffy as fuck, 12 out of 10 stars. Wood, wood pet. pet. Yeah. Yes. Wood pet. Um, and someone. Who is this? Ed- is this B or Leah? This is B. I thought <laughs> so. Leah doesn't swear on podcast. No, yeah. Leah doesn't swear. B's got quite the potty mouth um so, so if, if someone's cursing it's b it's b good it's, okay it's life. um so someone posted someone tweeted at we rate dogs you you give all the dogs high ratings like this isn't a good rating system <laughs> what, what, what? and they responded they're good dogs brent <laughs> and then brent came back I was like, you know what? You're right. They are good dogs. Oh, Brent. Brent. So now you can buy like so t-shirts now you can buy stuff. t-shirts that say they're good dogs, Brent. <laughs> really tickles my humor funny bone for reasons passing understanding. Yeah. It just applies in so many situations. Oh my gosh, I say it all the time. It's just a very Whenever my boyfriend is annoying me, I just text him they're good dogs, Brent. <laughs> It's it's a more gentle, you are ridiculous. Yes, exactly. Like, whatever you're talking about is silly. They're good dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the catch-all phrase. So I want to ask, though, how has your past year been? Great. Yeah. I mean, it's been a roller coaster. It's and been, it's gone by very quickly. Yeah. It's so it's, fast, I can't even believe it's it. It's unbelievable. The passage of time is a very <laughs> odd concept. We were debating this last night. Like, uh, Have I you don't... seen Arrival, the movie? I have not, but I know okay. all about it. It's, it's good and weird. Good and weird, and it has this whole thing about time, and I think after it, we all went like quiet for a little bit. Yeah, just, like, that was so, it's so crazy. Thinking about this specific story. And also, like, our lives this past year, just so much has changed, right. like, in, in the world. Oh, and then, just a little. Right. And yeah, then in and our little world. Right. It's so weird to compare, like, your life to the world and, like, the way that a day passes to the way that a month passes. Well, I was thinking specifically of the fact that we op- in the year of 2016, we opened a sex-positive, proudly feminist bookstore, and then we got Donald Trump as our president. It's just wildly bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like... I- 
like everybody was universally agreeing not universally but a lot of people were agreeing that 2016 was like a dumpster fire of year and i was like yes that's so true but also we but also this. oh no i'm in the same position 2016 i mean we moved in january of 2016 excuse me december of 2015 january 2016 my husband started a new job. We love our new home. We love where we live. His job is awesome. I mean, we had a really nice year in terms of our family and personally speaking. Um, it's just everything around us sort of became right. a massive yeah, and it's dumpster hard. garbage it's tire hard fire. Sometimes to reconcile those, and you want to be happy about one thing, right? You, yes, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. Yes, but aside from the greater world which we can return to in a moment the greater uh, dumpster tire garbage fire <laughs> yes. yes aside from that um i mean it's been i i can't believe how long it's been you know now at the beginning i think for the first two months or so we kept feeling like oh we've been open for ages yep. yeah um, we kept saying that yeah but now that we're like almost at a year yeah um and I, and we're still, you know, we're still, you know, putting new systems in place. And every time I like think of a better way to do something, I'm like, well, why wasn't I doing it like this before? <laughs> um, but we've only been, we haven't even been open a year. You know, we still have so much time to grow. I don't, we, you know, it depends on the second of the day. <laughs> it yeah. totally, yeah, it totally <laughs> depends. And also depends on how many projects we're knee deep in at the moment. That's right. true. Um, but it's been, it's been really amazing so far. Um, and I think hopefully it will only get better. Yeah. Um, hopefully it will go uphill instead of downhill. Um, as you know, at this point, the community, our community is still growing, you know, that in-person community is still growing. Um, and we still have so many, things we want to do mm -hmm. um so you know talk to us in like four years but, <laughs> right. um right now you know things are still very much it still feels you know like we have lots of places to go and you sound really happy like what you've been doing has made you incredibly joyous yes i mean it is incredible to come to a place every day where i mean just to like go back to the world but we feel safe here yeah and we, and Feel like other people feel safe here, which is really wonderful. But it's also it's a happy space. Um, it's it's a place of love and mm -hmm. and positivity, yep. and we really yep. try and focus on that as much as possible. Um, and so do our customers, which is is so lovely when people come in and say, "Oh, I just wanted some time for myself to do what I love," and I I love that. Yeah. And um, I've noticed on your Instagram for the store, there's a lot of authors who hang out and write in the store frequently. That is honestly the the thing we least expected and most love. Yeah. Our local girl gang of writers who come and hang out here and have just been become friends and supporters and that community, it's really, really helped us in a lot of ways. They're, they're just so generous with their support and, and their opinions. And we, they're like and a sounding board. Yeah. Them. And it's fun to, you know, see books come to life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and people love, I mean, when Sarah Kuhn comes and people buy heroin complex and they get, get it signed right then it's, it's very fun. It's that's very awesome. 
Yeah, it also happens, it happens like more time. than you think. And they and I like look over at Sarah and I'm like, do you want me to embarrass you or not? Um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she's like, no, don't. Some, and she'll like nod or like shake her head. She's like, yeah, it's fine. And then I'm like, go get your book signed. Yeah. Then, or like we Twitter me- direct message them like, do you want me to out you? <laughs> and it's great to have another you know, set of opinions as well. Yeah. You know, it, shopping here is such a communal experience in that um, other customers chime in on your purchases. Yes. Uh, so, it's, you know, if we're having an extended conversation with somebody about recommendations, like if there's somebody else in the store, generally they will join in the conversation. Yeah. Um, so basically so, your books, your bookstore is kind of like a blog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a comment thread at all times. And so it's great to have other knowledgeable people. Um, you know, there's only there's only so many books one person can read in their lifetime. Tell um, me all about this. Yes. So it's great to have, you know, more people who can suggest things and offer opinions. Um, the people who come and write form their own community and we sort of eavesdrop on their conversations about cover design and their plans for their next book. Um, and Rebecca Weatherspoon has been letting me name all the characters in her current book. (laughs) I now have like a note on my phone of all the names I want her to use. So she'll text me and be like, okay, I need main heroines therapist. And this is a little bit about her. What should her name be? And then I get to name it. And it can't be waffles. It can't be waffles. (laughs) Apparently. And the heroine's name starts with a C and apparently every name I suggest starts with a C. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, but but I also like it's like a, she's doing a small it's a small town series and I'm like determined and she agrees. It's like the most diverse small town in the universe. <laughs> but we intend to eventually have a shelf. Yes. Books written at the Ripped Bodice. I was that is actually my next question. How many books that you know have been written or edited or worked on in your store at this point? Do you have a, yeah, are you keeping been, a list? Yes. That's so cool. Published. I think it's only like two. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause when we opened Sarah Kuhn, who wrote heroin complex finished her next book, which isn't out yet wrote like the second half of um, heroin worship at the store. And that comes out in July. Um, and then Rebecca Weatherspoon finished the last so sweet book at the store and she's got a whole new series that she's working on. So like in the next year, I think it'll be a lot. And Jen LeBlanc has a whole new series she's been working on. Uh, oh, Emily Foster oh, yeah. Nagoski, when she came for her event, decided that she wanted to set a scene here. And so her she, next book takes place in LA. Her next book takes place in LA. So she was running around trying to figure out where her characters could have sex. In the store? Yes. The answer is upstairs in the used book room. Yeah. And she was like, is that okay? We're like, yes. <laughs> we would never interrupt. Oh, my God. At some Someday there's going to be like a tour of LA. And, they're, and this is the Ripped Bodice, where 95 books have been set and 19 sex scenes have happened in various yes. locations. Oh, actually, also, we didn't even know about this. Jennifer Probes um, oh. sent us... Um, a hard copy of her most recent novella, which unfortunately didn't come out in print because it was a novella and it like had a bookmarked page. And I was like, what is, I just got a package. I was like, what is this? 
and I open to the page and the characters are discussing they need to put it's like a magical book that they need to put somewhere for safekeeping. Oh no. And, and the one character is like, we should send it to the ripped bodice. They'll take care of it for us. No, you're in a book? Yes. <laughs> That's what? amazing. One of the coolest things to happen. And I, our dad is incredibly unfazed by anything. Yeah. We're like, we're in Oprah. And he's like, that's nice. <laughs> um, and we told him that we were in a published book and he thought that was really cool. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Yes. Um, crap. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's her most recent novella. Searching, Searching for Disaster. Searching for Disaster. Yes. Go no get worries. it. I will. Um, I, I, I have to Google all the titles when I do the show notes. And I will write things like, uh, last book has X in title, and then I go hunt it down. So don't worry, I'll find it. Yes, that's the Smart Bitches specialty. I send so so many people come in here and are like, help a bitch out. What? It's our best resource. Yes. (laughs) Seriously? I read a purple book. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about this purple book. They're like, oh, there was a horse in it. It had a duke. And I'm like, well. Oh, God. Smart bitches, trashy book. Go email them; they'll help we'll you. Take care of you. <laughs> I need to get a special email address so when your customers email me, it gets flagged. Yeah, Great. it's like a ripped bodice request. Yes, I have a ripped bodice <laughs> referral for a habo. Everybody, please stand by. Yes, because there's and there's a lot. Of them. There's a lot of them. Oh, there and really are a lot of them. Maddeningly general. Yeah, oh. and it's always they're like, oh, I remember what color it was. We're like, well. That's not super helpful, especially because it's probably been re-released six times since then. Yeah, that's the real issue. Yeah, it Uh, may have been purple, but then it had a castle, and then it had a flower, and then it had, like, a a piece of jewelry, and now it's back to a different dress that's not purple. So we're shit out of luck here. So what are your favorite things um, outside of books to stock? What things do you really enjoy putting in the store in addition to all of the books? Oh, it's a great question. Um... Candles. We love candles. <laughs> candles are, it's like one of those things that, you know, you can only, buy, you can only afford to buy so many candles for your own home. Um, uh-huh. and, and then, and, and then, and then you move and you yeah. open a box and you're like, what the hell disaster was I preparing for where I've got 65 <laughs> candles? Like, what is this? Um, so it's really fun because we can, you know, get to smell all the candles. Right. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, they're one of our most popular popular products. Um, it's, it's a good gift to pair with a book. Very good. I think we mostly like finding any bookish, like people who are doing really creative bookish gifts and mm-hmm. accessories. Um, stop chewing your foot. Fitz is chewing on his feet. Sorry. Um, oh, that, my dogs do that. Yeah, they're itchy. Um, so we always get excited when um, we find something new. Um, there's just so many great things like enamel pins and book lockets and notebooks that look like the Harry Potter's textbooks and um, candles that are book themed. Anything book themed. Yep. Um, we are likely to sell. What else? I am working on our very first shoppable exhibition this was one of our original ideas it's something i've always wanted to do i have a graduate degree in costume history uh just sitting there waiting to be used and don't say yeah a wealth of knowledge about all kinds of different 
textile designers. So our first shoppable exhibition is about um, Tam is featuring Tamis Keefe, who was a textile designer in the fifties, uh, and her designs are so whimsical and modern and adorable. And the she they were always on handkerchiefs because in the fifties you always had to have a handkerchief. Oh, of course. And she, she did them for all different like really specific places like the Ford Museum had her do this whole line for them. She did them for all different kinds of events. Like when the queen had a birthday, she did a special one. So I have been sourcing those and it will be, there will be information um, around and then it's like a little museum exhibition, except you can actually buy everything in it. That's seriously cool. I am so excited. Yeah, it was one of the things that B was really excited about and we had originally talked about. And it was one of the things that kind of got pushed to the side while we sort of got our sea legs. Right. Uh, and now now we can actually do it. Yeah. That um, is seriously so cool. Thank you. So that TMS is a pretty easy starting point because it's handkerchiefs. They're small. The price point is relatively affordable for just about everyone. Right. Um, my ideal, of course, is expanding into regency victorian act very much older textiles and um hats, little good shoes yeah hats shoes cosmetics all, all the kind of old ephemera from like there's there's just so much stuff on etsy that is waiting for someone to write its story oh. and, and once you write the story it's so much easier to be sold Oh, it's totally true. One year for one of the Smart Bitches anniversaries, I think it was the 10th, the traditional gift was linen and cotton, or maybe it was linen and lace. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like, fit shoes. We're going to get them bitches. Fit shoes. And I gave away like five. That is amazing. Yeah. That, bitches I mean, love fit shoes. Of course they do. And something <laughs> that is historical, but can be repurposed in a modern woman's life. And oh, there, totally. there's just... There's a lot of stuff hanging around, um, which I think romance readers would like to learn a little bit more about why it was produced or how it was produced, and then I'll a actually be able to purchase the item. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> that's, what we're, that's what we're expanding into. Yeah. Awesome. So do you have books that you absolutely cannot keep on the shelves? And do you notice yeah, any yeah. changing trends in in romance? Because I've, A, I imagine you get this question all the time, because I get this question all the time, and I have guesses as to what is going to happen in the coming year, but I'm curious to know what yours are. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. We do, we do have guesses. Yeah. Um, the number one guess is bye-bye billionaires. You don't say. That's Dude. not sexy anymore. Dude. So yes, okay. I'm with you. Bye-bye billionaires. Okay, bye-bye so bye billionaires. billionaires. Um, what else? I'm fine with a nice thousandaire. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, you know who's really hot? You know who's really freaking hot? The guy who's like, oh. You, you, you don't have heat? It's 6 o'clock on a Friday? No worries. I could be there in 20 minutes. That guy's hot. Also, guy you know who else is hot? My husband who goes, listen, I just unloaded the dishwasher. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I, I like that guy who unloads the dishwasher. My boyfriend, I just ordered dinner. Oh. Seriously, I'm, I'm like boneless in my chair right now. <laughs> it's, it's his go-to move. Yeah. Um, so no more billionaires. I, I am with you. Billionaires. I think we... So one of our most popular sub genres, which is a subgenre that I've always loved, but I didn't even really know it was its own subgenre. So historical fantasy. Oh my god, yes. 
And I think we're seeing people do uh, such creative, wonderful world building in there. Like what comes right to mind to me is Deanna Rayborn. Yeah, the Veronica Speedwell the Veronica series. Speedwell oh, series yeah. which is just freaking adorable. Have you and read, the new uh, the, the new Sherry Thomas has been crazy oh, yeah, yeah. popular. The Can't um, keep it on our shelf. Lady Sherlock. I um, love that book so I much. You, I loved What's it. the first one called? Uh, a study, a study of, of Scarlet Women. Yes. I love, I'm a Sherlock lunatic, and I particularly enjoy people who take the spirit of Sherlock and then do something different with it. I love how many pieces of meaning are in the title alone. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That there's this incredible um, limitation on women once they stray just outside that very narrow boundary of acceptability and then how many women figure out a way to thrive there and what they have to do and put up with and then like the very subtle signals that they give to each other that I am not of your status and talking to me is dangerous to you like oh my god yeah it's and that there's signals only the women recognize yeah oh god she's such a good writer yeah, that when the second one comes out, people are going to be very pleased. Oh, yes. oh my Everyone gosh. Is like, I can't believe you sold me and got me obsessed with a series that we have to wait a year for. Like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> people are mad at us. <laughs> so, Sherry, write talk faster, please. Yeah, Have that you... that includes steampunk as mm-hmm. well. Oh, yeah. Um, Gail Carriger has continued to be super popular, um, the Solace series. And then when people are done with that, they go to Custard Protocol or the Finishing School. Um yeah, so I I think or Mary Robinette Kowal. Oh yeah, she's great. Milk and Honey, that that series is really popular. Um, and I actually just I just read, which I didn't love in the beginning, and then really got into, and now I can't stop talking about My Lady Jane, oh. which is a YA historical paranormal. Now, I thought it was straight YA historical. The paranormal part really surprised me. And then I was like completely obsessed with with the idea, like the way that they did it. It's also, it's about Lady Jane Grey, who is one of my favorite. I, I have my undergraduate degree in Tudor history. She's Explain my, who that is. <laughs> Jane Grey is the tragic queen who ruled for nine days in between Edward and Mary it's complicated to as ev- of course everyone knows yeah it's a, it's a thing if you're a tutor obsessed person like i am um that lady jane gray has never really gotten her due by historians by anyone she was a brilliant woman she spoke many languages she was a mathematician she was a philosopher she was in contact with like all the thinkers of the day who everyone agreed that this woman was a brilliant brilliant young woman and she just totally got shafted by history uh, and beheaded by her, and cousin, then she got her head cut, cut off. <laughs> head cut off by Mary. So to see her get a happy ending was just such lovely wish fulfillment. I was just gleeful. Isn't that the best? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and someone commented on Instagram like, "I I wanted to read this, but I don't think it's historically accurate." And I was like, "Well, that's kind of the point." <laughs> no, she doesn't get her head cut off at the end. <laughs> it's like not supposed to be historically accurate. But if you're looking for historical historical accuracy, I would go the other way. Well, it's it's interesting because if you add paranormal, then theoretically everything is accurate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, We're just in an alternate world. Like I look also, at some of the uh, some of the paranormal romances, like the older um, PC cast novels. 
there was a whole thing about how like most major most major rock stars and country western stars were all somehow immortal or vampires. Yes. <laughs> like Faith Hill, come on. Of course she is. That's awesome. That, okay, I just read a Molly Harper where Dick Cheney is a background character. He's a vampire. And I was peeing my pants every time she mentioned that Dick Cheney is a vampire and he's in this small town. Right? You're a fracking genius. This is hilarious. Have you guys read The Dark Days Club by Allison Goodman? No. No. Okay. Um, Forgive me for not knowing this immediately. B, it's you who's into historical costumes. Okay. I don't know how to effectively convey to you how much of this is your catnip. Okay. I'm writing my list right now. (laughs) Okay. So the Dark Days Club is, it's light on the romance. It is, it is allegedly grade eight and up, but I think that's Uh, a little bit. We're pig snorting. Pig snorts. Here we come. Uh, uh, Is it like, uh, kind of like Tamara uh, Piercy? Can you hear him? Yeah, he's coughing. <laughs> he does this all, but he this little like weird thing. So anyway, sorry, we've wandered off the topic. As, like that's that's uh, it's normal. That's why I have a as podcast. It's not like I'm running out of room. As we are wont to do. So the Dark Days Club is eight grade eight and up, but I think it's. I was perfectly fine with it. I didn't think it was dumbed down at all. But there's three things that you're going to love. It's a Regency romance supernatural mashup with a lady heroine. Um, oh my God. She is about to be presented for her audience with the Queen in 1812. Mm-hmm. Um, there's constant references to uh, society. She's being raised by her aunt and her uncle because her parents are died, and her mother has a very bad reputation. Um, and so she has to be perfect to avoid being stained with, you know, blood will tell and she's just like her mother. But it turns out that the queen knows the truth about her mother and that what she, this, what this girl is, is she's inherited the ability to see demons and demons are loose in society. But because she's going through her, uh, her, basically her come out, her presentation to the queen and then being part of society, she has to do that balance of. I'm going to go to places where I really shouldn't go with my lady maid um, in the evening and then, you know, go to a ball later. (laughs) So you learn things like what's the thing called that ladies would pee in when they were wearing a big ass dress? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's incredible amount of detail. And I'm like, that cannot be real. So, of course, I go on eBay and they're all over eBay. You can buy one of these things. Ah, that's so funny. It's it's like a slipper. It's like a combination of a slipper and a gravy boat. With a Ew. handle, and the, and, the, and the lady's maid would hand it to you, and you would put it under your skirts to relieve yourself, and then you'd hand it back to the maid because that's her job, and you could just go back to the party. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. So there's all of this historical detail, plus a lot of society detail where you contrast high society and lower classes and underclasses, plus uh, mystery and deceivers, and there's different kinds this of demons who feed all on de- of my crack. This is this is so your catnip. I like. I feel bad that you don't already know about it. Oh my gosh! I, um, you should so watch Crazy, Crazy Head. Head. Yes, on Netflix. Crazy Head. Yes, it is. Well, you. It's modern Buffy. It's about a British show about two girls who can see demons and go and beat up demons. Crazy Head. Yes, it is. 
wildly entertaining. It's, you'd really like it. It's really good. <laughs> there's there's one six episode first season. You, there's it not that much out. to watch, but fabulous. Um, it is tremendously entertaining. Oh, I love this. All right. So let me ask you then about selling digital books, which is not a thing that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing that we can do in a way that makes it worth it to us. And makes it worth it to our customers. Yeah. It's something that we'd, we'd like to offer. Um, and it's, it's complicated to the point where consumers probably don't care about why it's complicated. Mm -hmm. um, they, they just want the book in the easiest way that they mm -hmm. can get it. And obviously, you know, there are so many great people who say, you know, I would rather, you know, support you guys, which is wonderful. And we love that. Um, but unfortunately, the way that um, uh, royalties and cost breakdown works, there isn't, no one has divined the perfect system. And yeah. if we get bored of running this bookstore, maybe we'll go do it ourselves. Um, but as of now, we, we don't have a digital, a digital platform. And there, um, hasn't, there, there hasn't been a, a solution that works for you in terms of ease of use for customers, ease of use for you, percentages and yeah. availability. There are independent bookstores who do. So you can purchase your eBooks through, if you go to IndieBound, which is, um, like the, um, sort of catch all place for independent bookstores online. Um, you can purchase your, your ebooks through independent bookstores, but you know, then it runs into problems about, you know, if you read on an iPad or you read on a Kindle or you read on a, what the nook thing, um, you know, it becomes, it becomes a problem to actually move the book around. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's something that we, um, keep our eye on when people are adding new products and new, new ways to do it. And we, we hope to add in the future. Um, somebody asked on Twitter the other day and, you know, it's, it's wonderful that people are keeping mindful of where their money is going. And, yeah. um, we deeply appreciate that. Um, so we will keep you posted. Please do. So what other trends and, and things do you think are happening in the coming year? Let's see. What do you think? Um, hmm. can, can I tell you what trend I would like to see? Uh, here's, um, the, here's the thing that I've learned, okay? Um, if someone asks you about trends and you just start talking about what you want, it could then be Then it will happen. That's fine. Okay. I'm going to put my wish list out into the universe. Well, I do this. This is why I have a website. <laughs> this is like my my whole joyful joyful task. What is it that I want to read? I'm going to ask for it publicly. So yes, feel free. I would like to see light and joyful erotica. Ooh, so, so erotica much, that's not angsty. It can be angsty, but so much erotica is so dark. Yep, and especially BDSM erotica, which I read a lot of. Um, you know, the, the people in it are very tortured and this is know, Leah, right? I'm, this is Leah. Yes. Um, I win. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> You're getting so good. At yes. Um, I would like to see, um, you know, I think in contemporary, there's a lot of, um, just 
more joyful sex, you know, people who who aren't as tortured about and frequently in erotica, you know, they're exploring the darker edges of desire. So I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But at some point you have to move beyond the what I like is weird. And um, I would like to see like more acceptance of, you know, I like this kind of weird kinky sex and I'm going to go out and get it and it's going to be great. I support that plan. I would love that. Yeah. This is B. Um, I mean, I I love anything historical. Really? We, we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, has no one gotten that memo yet. Um, and the thing that I would most like to see is historicals not set in Regency England. Yep. I have a whole tag on the site. Regency not in a ballroom. Yeah. I would yep. be fine with Regency not in the re- – or historical not in a ballroom, historical yep. not in the Regency. It's just one of those things – I mean, people do it. You know, the person I most frequently wreck is Beverly Jenkins for American Historicals. Oh, yes. Um, who and she's signing at your store soon, isn't she? February 4th. It's so soon. Beverly Jenkins Day. I will keep it together, I swear. <laughs> Except not at all. Um, <laughs> so I love wrecking Beverly Jenkins because it's not Regency and it's not the ballroom and it's not Duke's. Jeannie Lin is another fascinating ancient China. Yeah, Tang Dynasty. Those are beautiful historicals. And I just wonder why there isn't more expansion into all of the weird historical moments that could have so much romance in them. Especially other – we get a lot of requests for specific countries. Yeah. Um, like yeah. there should – every country should have a have a historical set there or contemporary. Um you know, there, there should be, I don't know. I would like to see hmm, what country, um, I don't know. How this about like kind of weird given the political climate, but we get a lot of requests for Russia, Russian, <laughs> Russian historicals. I happen to love Lisa Claypas's Russian romances. I know no one agrees with me. Yeah, but... <laughs> she's like the only person in the world. <laughs> I think they're delightful and weird. People outside of Regency England have, different issues, different stories, all that stuff. But a lot of places have similar like social strictures and setups that, that people could play with, I think. Um, so yeah, expand beyond England, even though I adore England and please write more Regencies, but also expand beyond. Yeah. And I think, um, this is good. We have one trend for erotica, one for historical, um, paranormal. I think what we were talking about before with historical fantasy, but expanding that into, I kind of divide paranormal into creature-based paranormal and Mm -hmm. world-based paranormal. Mm -hmm. So it's like our world that just happens to have werewolves and vampires in it, or it's like a totally different universe, and I'd like more of the latter. Uh Um, So like fantasy worlds that are very close to our world. Yeah, or very different, but it's just a whole, it's a complete, it's a complete world. Yeah. Instead of, like, everything is normal except there's vampires. I loved the Amanda Boucher book that came out. Oh, uh, A Promise of Fire? Promise of Fire. Because that was full high fantasy. Full high fantasy in a romance package. I just thought, what a great story. I just loved it. Remember when there were lots of those? Or just more? I know. Let's get more. Let's bring it back. It's that, a trend. It's a trend. It's a real thing. We started it. It's a trend. It's happening. We, we obviously didn't. But um, I also just like mythology-based romance is something that I've always loved. I 
loved those really, really smutty um, Mists of Avalon books. <laughs> you are not the only person for whom that was a gateway. Yep, yep. They, I actually remember being in Barnes & Noble in that section and a Barnes & Noble employee pointing me in the direction of I, what must have been something a little more romancy because I loved those so much. Yep. I, I, And I loved how female-centric they were. Yeah, more Greek and mythology-based romance. Mm-hmm. There's a series that. Um, oh, hang on, I have it in my notebook. One of the things that um, the other bitches and I, especially Elise and Carrie, really, really, really like is what we're calling um, ass-kicking heroines. Not sorry, not sorry. Yes. So the idea that women are powerful and can be violent and don't suffer incredible amounts of remorse for it, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I am so here for that. So there's a uh-huh. series that the first one came out last year. It's called The Immortals, Olympus Bound, and it's about um, Artemis. All, all of the gods are real and they're She's on Earth. She loves Artemis. She's my favorite. <laughs> I, I am have... just here to hook you up with your catnip. That's like my job today. Awesome. Um, the, Immortals. the Immortals, Olympus Bound is the first one. And the second one is Winter of the Gods, which continues the story. So Olympus and all of, excuse me, Olympus, um, Artemis and all the other gods are on earth and they are much less powerful because people don't worship them anymore. Mm -hmm. And she is immortal and she has been a cop and now she's a private eye and she lives very much in isolation. (laughs) Oh my God. This sounds like my exact catnip. And so it's, I think when it was originally published, it was sort of marketed as uh, Rick Riordan only for adults. But I didn't think that was so much the case because the romance is very understated. Um, the the God parts are incredibly fascinated. There is some violence against women in it because sacrifices okay. in that, in Greek times and the ancient Greek and Roman sacrifices were usually women and usually virgins and usually pretty. So virgins are better of course of course well they're more powerful that way or something i don't know but anyway the there is some violence against women in the story because they're trying to find out who killed a young woman but the problem is that the death has made her more powerful and because someone has followed extremely precise ancient rites to imbue power to certain gods and she's one of them and so she's like i really shouldn't be enjoying this but this doesn't entirely suck Oh, wow. It's So there's like all of this morality in it, but the fact that she and all the other gods just sort of hang out on earth and are part of modern society in very hidden ways is delicious. It's so interesting. That sounds so good. Um, Have I completely you... fucked up your TBR? Oh, no. Except yes. <laughs> um, could you please pass along to Elise? I really hope it's Elise. My deep appreciation of her... Crazy Pants Shifter reviews of Shifter books. Oh, that's Elise. That's okay, Elise. Oh, yeah. Because I will I will let her know. They're just my favorite. <laughs> oh, my good. God. Her Bachelor recaps are so good. Aren't they hilarious? Okay. So can we now transition to talking about The Bachelor? Of um, um, <laughs> yes, of course. Because it's Monday. It is um, Monday. When we're, when we're recording this. It um, is. Monday is Bachelor Day. It's the best day of the week. Um and this was yeah, something okay. that was going to, that was part of your original Kickstarter proposal. I remember like, we're going to have bachelor night. And I remember writing back to you and being like, why? 
because I did not know anything. That's why. So yes, that was originally part of our plan. Um, but now we're closed on Mondays. Um, (laughs) it doesn't really work. Um, we may, we may have a party for the, for the finale. Tell me all the things about the bachelor. Here's the thing about the bachelor. Yes. When you try to explain its appeal to men. (laughs) It's like trying to explain why there's so many dukes in the Regency. It's like trying to explain why, I don't know. How vaginas Yes. Why, like, why we like anything. It's like, (laughs) but it's so, and, and it's so entertaining. And they don't accept that as an answer. I'm like, it's, it's funny. I'm like, it's fun and it's funny. And they're I'm like, not- but why do you watch it? Because it's fun. I always say, do you like sports? And they say yes. And I say, and you enjoy watching sports? And they say yeah. And I say, well, I don't understand that. So this is my thing. <laughs> like, you know, people enjoy all different kinds of things. The The way women are forced to account for their enjoyment is so frustrating to me. I'm sure it is to you as well. Oh, very much. Yes. All the ways. Yeah. So we love The Bachelor. Mostly, I think, we watch with a group of friends. Yeah. And we all cook together. It's totally like a female bonding ritual. And like it a means, coven. Yeah, it yes. is. And once a week, we all get together. And it's it's really nice to have that once a week. Like, everyone's there. Everyone's hanging out. We get updates on our own personal lives. We update on what's happening with The Bachelor. I'm I am in contact with many friends from high school, college, and graduate school about The Bachelor. <laughs> it's like a shared experience. Yeah, and it's hella funny. It's so funny. Like, it, I kind of think it's similar to the you know I Sarah frequently steal from your book um, when people ask the stupid unrealistic expectations question about romance novels. Um, <laughs> And you have that great line about video games. Uh-huh. Um, like, why do we think that people can't distinguish when they're driving a Mario Kart car and when they're driving a real car? Um, like, come on now. I think it's kind of like, we know it's a reality show. Like, it's not real. Yeah. We we don't watch. We are not believers in the, the Bachelor story. I have to admit. We watch with a good dose yeah we're not we don't buy into it but that's not to say that everyone in our watching party doesn't yeah that's true because there are some people who are like oh they're in love no no they're not we're like like, "Uh, i don't think they are they want that instagram money we need to sell the gummy bears. Yeah, the hair gummy make bears. Make your hair grow. And you need um, to stay on the show long enough, as Elise put it, to get at least a good six or seven destinations out of ABC. Right. You're getting a vacation. Okay, You're making so friends. Elise's recaps I'm oh loving God. because she. I read a lot of recaps, and she is focusing on something that I don't think other people are, which is like the whole group of women and that they're just like there to make friends and go on vacation, which I think yes. is Yes. No one wants to win, and especially not if it's Nick Viale as the Bachelor. Like, no. He is no... Wait, uh, hold oh, up. His name isn't actually pronounced Vile? No, I've <laughs> been pronouncing it Viale. I have no idea if that's I right. I think it is Vile, because didn't that one chick whose last name yeah, was, had, um, yeah. like, um, Hussy? Hussy. Um, there was oh. a girl whose last name was Hussy, and she was like, we both have really bad last names, and then I think he got rid of her. Yeah. Is um, that the one I he had to... sex with at a previous, like, encounter? Well, well, yeah. Okay, so... I, I only know from, from editing Elise's recaps, because right. I, I have 
absolutely no judgment for anyone who enjoys reality television, but I personally don't like watching people misbehave on purpose. It's too oh, much yeah. cringe for me, so I can't watch anything. That's like I watch cooking shows and shit sit in the set in the twenties and old mad about you reruns. Like that's what I watch on television. I am a very bad T V watcher. Is intense. Yeah, I can't handle that much cringe. I am I am cringe weak. It, it is yeah. a weakness. <laughs> and they are all forced to participate. So you you can't get out of it. If you're on The Bachelor, they're gonna make you say something stupid. And to me, the most interesting thing is to see the obviously smart women try and get around it. <laughs> and they're like, well, we went on a date, you know, because they make them go on dates where they like bungee jump off buildings and then say things like, it's just like a relationship. I had to grab his hand and jump off into the unknown. Uh, no. And then you see these girls being like, I don't want to say this, but they're making me. So they like figure out a way to say it in a funny way or they like wink at, you know, anyway. So I have been handed terrible dialogue and you're in on it with me. Exactly. The producer role in the bachelor is very important at our, we talk about it a lot at our viewing party and like the manipulation and you know, who's doing what for what reason. There's a, a phrase that everyone says on the bachelor here, for, here yeah. for the right reasons, which is like a, a running gag now. Cause they're not there for the right reasons. They're there to get Instagram famous, which is hilarious. And a, you know what? A perfectly acceptable goal. If you're looking for uh, diversifying your revenue streams, this is a perfectly acceptable goal. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yes, but here for the right reasons in The Bachelor means I'm I'm virginal and 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 purely invested in this guy romantically. Yes, of course. I have does. no I have no um I have no concerns of the financial nature, none whatsoever. No, not me. No, I just am here to fall in love. That's yes, why I wore I'm... a shark suit. <laughs> I loved that girl. That was hilarious. She she was utterly convinced it was a dolphin. I don't know if you read this part of the recap. Yes, I did. I I edit them. I think I'm going to have to get you guys and Elise on a podcast together to talk about the Bachelor finale. Would you be up for that? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. That yes, is please. our ultimate. Like if we're talking about wish fulfillment. Oh my god, yes. And putting things into the you know we're putting it out in the universe. Putting it out. I've always wanted to have a bachelor date film at the store if that happens we can close yeah <laughs> so you and a bachelor date filmed at the ripped bodice yes i think that's an entirely acceptable goal i mean that 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 fits perfectly and we've had other reality stuff we've had other filming like right now we're actually people are filming outside and we're closed and they're using our space um, which is why we're upstairs hello bachelor producers please film at our store please come have a date at our store Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sincerely, Liam B. And <laughs> it's William Waffles. Hey. Speaking of fits, you wanted to ask about how to make your cat and dog be friends. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> I like our, obviously our fantasy is that they like curl up on the bed on top of each other and are like BFFs. And so we've introduced them, and the dog could not care less. Right, about yeah. That. One of my dogs is like, whatever. He yeah. completely ignores like, her. walks right by her. And doesn't even look at her. And the cat 
is um, tracking the dog's every movement. Yeah. Like, her, she just stares at, laser-focused stares at him. She's Why are you here? <laughs> and she's not, like, she doesn't display any mean or aggressive tendencies. She just stares at him. Yeah. Yep. And it hasn't been that long, so obviously we have to get them some time to get to know each other. Yep. Um, but I would like them to be best friends, and I'm concerned that that's not going to happen. They might not be best friends, but the fact that they're not fighting is 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 really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if Fitz isn't chasing the cat, because, I mean, my I have two cats and two dogs. And Wilbur is the more adventurous of the dogs, and Zeb is the dog who is more interested in the cats. Buzz, who is afraid of everything, could give zero negative shits about the cats. Um, but if there's another dog other than his brother, then he's going to lose his friggin' mind. So the cats are, like, no big deal for him. Oh, yeah, Buzz has so much anxiety, he's on the Prozac dose for, like, a 200-pound man. <laughs> he's, and it's funny because it's made me so much more generous towards my own anxiety. Like, I don't think his anxiety has to make sense. It just is. And I have lots of different ways to help him and lots of different treatments. And he has a pheromone collar and a thunder shirt that sort of wraps him up. And like, it's like a, it's Velcro oh. around his belly and over his shoulder. So he feels more secure. And I'm like, you know, I'm way nicer to the dog about his anxiety than I am to myself about my anxiety. I should probably fix that. That's so interesting that you say that, though, because, like, I – I also this is B. I struggle with anxiety. Yep. And you, Being you a know, business owner with anxiety is super fun, isn't it? It's very difficult. It's super great. <laughs> and I do not give it I, – I, I am not nice to myself about my anxiety. Nope, me neither. And now that I have the dog, I find myself just more aware of – how to take care because I'm taking care of him. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if I'm taking care of him, I should also take care of myself. Yep. It's been a, it's been a great thing. And it also helps that the dog automatically thinks that you are awesome the exact way that you are right oh, now. It's incredible. And it's like, oh, okay. Then maybe I should learn from that. Yeah. And Fitz is very, he bonded very quickly to me. Yep. Um, he definitely knows I'm his person. Yes. You're the and- lady. Capital T, capital L. Yep. Yeah. And it's he, amazing. He comes to me and he wants to be near me. And like when we had an event the other night, I, I don't love a lot of people around, which is not great for being a bookstore owner, but I'm working on it. And he just sat with me the whole time and was my little buddy. And everyone would come up and talk to Fitz. And it was like this amazing, I didn't have to talk about myself anymore. I was just <laughs> talking about Fitz. Yep. And it was great. Yep. It's so easy to be mean to yourself. And then you get a dog and you're like, oh, but what if I wasn't? And I think it's just, you know, I not say anything. I think it's a, a maternal instinct to take care of everyone around you. Women are definitely not, trained that that's their responsibility. We are trained to do all this emotional label, labor for other people. Yes. And to take care of them and to, to do like all this stuff. That's my watchword for this whole year. Like, how I, am I spending I, my you, emotional I, labor? I must have heard the episode with Alicia, but that's what they were talking about. <laughs> I have become obsessed with the idea. I, I can't stop thinking about it. I talk about it all the time. My boyfriend's like, enough about emotional labor. But... but it's so important. And it's everywhere. It's, and once you know it has a name, it's like, oh, my God, I know what to call this feeling. Exactly. This feeling that I, like like today, love my boyfriend. It's his mother's birthday. I sent the flowers. I called. You know, I did all that stuff. I'm happy to do it. I love her. She's she's a wonderful woman, but it's his mother. Maybe uh, he should send the flowers. 
Oh, I'll tell him to listen to this podcast yeah. <laughs> and he'll, yep. he'll and he, learn. he just doesn't think about it because he's not trained to. So I'm training. <laughs> what do you recommend for readers right now? Are you, are you reading anything that you want to make sure anyone knows about? Everyone knows about. Okay. I actually pulled up my list. So oh, I, it's good. Good plan. So I wouldn't forget. Okay. Let's see. What did I read in the last few weeks of the year? Oh, yes. I do have a suggestion. <laughs> Please make that suggestion because, gosh, people who spend their entire time recommending to romance, recommending romance novels to people, I mean, come on. They need, <laughs> they need more to read. Um, so if you are a fan of Justin Trudeau. Which we are. The Prime Minister of Canada. Oh, no. Uh, pretend that he does not have a lovely wife and family and that he's into kinky sex. Oh, my some, God. Is this Prime Minister? Yep. <laughs> Two women wrote a book about that, and it's called Prime Minister, and it's awesome. Oh, my goodness. I just cleared a comment from the spam filter about this exact book, like, earlier today. <laughs> it is bomb. It is, it is by, that good. Um, Ainsley Booth and um, Sadie Holler. And I found it tremendously entertaining. <laughs> So how much, um, how much BDSM is there? Is there a lot of super Um, kinky stuff? I mean, is it like gross? I don't want to say gross. I can't cast judgments on other people's sexuality. Um, does it get into things that need to be cleaned up with bleach? No. Okay. (laughs) No, not at all. Okay. Um, no, no, not really. And it's actually, it's like much more of the DS part of BDSM. Like he's more into like domination, like not as much like whips and chains and stuff uh, and um so it's much more like sort of power exchange role-playing kind of stuff um but it's pretty it's pretty tame um and it it, it is like sort of what i was talking about earlier like he is very she's new to it but he's very like aware of his own preferences um and he's still like a nice person um he's not like dark and tortured about it um it's really funny. And if you just like picture Justin Trudeau the whole time, it's pretty entertaining. Oh my God. Um, also I have a non-romance recommendation. Um, at, on vacation, I read one non-romance book, which was um, Emma Donahue who wrote the room. Her new book is called the wonder. Ooh. Um, and it was, it's really good. Um it's really, it's about, it takes place in Ireland in the, um, I think it's late fifties. Maybe that's too late. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, um, it is about, um, a young Irish girl who claims to stop eating and living on the will of God. And the main character is a nurse, as a nurse trained by Florence Nightingale, who they hire to like confirm whether this is true or not. It's really good. I just read Beast Turn. That was all Leah. That was all Leah. Beast Turn. I just read and adored. Speaking of non Regency set historicals, um, I started the Astronaut series. Oh that yeah, I've been making. Um, Stardust. Stardust. It's by Emma Berry and Genevieve Turner. I believe her name is. And I loved it. I, I, ha- we have seen hidden figures. I loved hidden figures. I want to learn everything about the space race. I want to learn everything about 
all the people working at NASA. It's just so fascinating. And it, I just really, 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 really liked it. It was so cute. Yeah. Oh, also, um, if you're not reading Serena Bowen's um, current hockey series, Brooklyn Bruisers, the, I, the new one that came out on January 3rd, I love, love, loved it. Um, what was it? Uh, hard, is it hard Hitter? I think yeah. that was that one. Um, yeah, it's really good. Both Elise and I want to say Amanda raved about that book. Just, just I, loved it. Serena's done such a good job because she had this college hockey series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much sports stuff these days is a new adult. And then she transitioned it to an adult series. It's a fictional professional hockey team. I love that it's in Brooklyn um, called the Brooklyn Bruisers. Um, and she's just done such a great job tr- transitioning that. Um, and now it's like a little bit more adult. Um, and I love the concept of the most recent one is it's the team's um, massage therapist and yes. yoga instructor. And the guy doesn't like to be touched. And which, he has, an, which is hard to get over. Yeah, and he has an he has an injury that it's like her job to help with. Um, and I thought it was great. I loved it. But yeah. then again, I love everything that Serena Bowen writes. Um, I really want um a them to make hockey jerseys for this fictional team that I can purchase. <laughs> I did putting that out into the universe. I think it's a giveaway that they're running on Berkeley. What? Yeah, I definitely saw some Brooklyn Bruisers jerseys right. on Instagram. Can I have one, please? <laughs> we can speak to someone. I'm just, that. I'm just putting everything out to the universe. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the secret? Yes, of course. Okay. Um, I haven't read it, and I don't really know the specifics of it, but I'm convinced that I can do it. <laughs> well, you know. You never know. If you, if, I genuinely believe outside of the secret, I genuinely believe that saying things out loud has an enormous amount of power because you're, A, you're hearing yourself say it, but you're also increasing the likelihood that someone else will hear you say it. Yeah. My main evidence for this is that um, yeah. I there's a poke place in Santa Monica, which is <gasps> close to the store, that I was like, we, I like to go to. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if there was a poke place in Culver City? And then the next day, this this empty storefront across the street put up a sign god you have poke across the street it's not open yet i know (gasps) accurate description of how much you wanted a poke place and how much you talked about it it was like a very you were like poke 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 and it happened and then is poke the new cupcakes Yes. Okay. I'm okay with that because we have a we make it at home. It's delicious. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yes. There is a place opening across the street. They're it's they're renovating right now. We're like desperate for them to open. I don't know when they're opening. Um, there was another. So maybe thing what I you should do is have people pay you to say things out loud. Yeah, <laughs> and it's happened a couple of times. Like I can't remember what the other that one she's was. Constantly talking about happened. Oh, oh. Um, it was Bruno Mars music. I don't even like Bruno Mars, but I was like. We were listening to him on the radio. I, and I, I was, love Bruno Mars. Yeah, B really likes him. And I was like, when is Bruno Mars coming out with new music? And then the next day, he came out with new music. It also <laughs> happened with Ed Sheeran. Oh, well, that one, yeah, because I am obsessed with Ed Sheeran. Um, that would be a good get for the store. Oh, my Ed God. Ed Sheeran? Yeah. How do we make <laughs> that happen? Um, like, know. yes, please. Um, I, I, I deeply love him. He's so cute and nerdy. You know what? That would be like the kind of thing, um, like one of those special offers for credit card holders, like an intimate concert with Ed Sheeran inside the Rick Bottas bookstore. The most oh romantic God. date ever. 
talk universe. to you about that? Universe, did you hear that? Okay, so can we just, like, tally up the things we put out into the universe in the course of the last hour? You know, I was listening to this wonderful podcast that you guys would really, really like. It's called Friendshipping. Seriously, you guys would love it. It is from two people who actually work for Cards Against Humanity in Chicago. One of them is the events planner, and the other, I think, is a community manager. So it's Jen and Trin. They are best friends, and they have a whole podcast where they answer questions about how to manage friendship. And it's... It's like, I, I'm not exaggerating. It's like if Leslie and, um, 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 Anne Perkins. Anne? her best friend, Anne Perkins. Yes. Um, I wanted to say Rashida, but that's not, that's the actress's name. <laughs> you know, it's the same person, right? They're the same. It's like if, if they had a podcast where they talked about friendship, it would be this show. It is so wonderful. Like it is, it is making me so happy to listen in each episode is like 25 minutes. But that sounds so good. Oh my God. You're going to mainline this fucker. It's so wonderful. I listen to it constantly. But one of their recent episodes talked about um, two introverts hosting events. And I was like, okay, here for this. I have a pen. I'm going to write down everything you say. So oh my talk- God. What a- yes. I need that. Yeah. Ditto. So <laughs> actually, you know what I need to do? I need to come to California and host a bitches event in your store. That's what I need to do. Yes. Yes. Get please. off my butt. So anyway. So the whole episode was about started from a person who was saying, I have, I'm a musician I have concerts and I put out a newsletter and my friends are all subscribed, but they never open it. And then when they say they're coming to an event, they don't actually show. So I think they're coming to my concert and they're not. And how do I talk to them about this? And so the first part is about talking to your friends about your expectations, but then it also, it, they said, they segue into how to run a really good event and get people to come. And yes, I know Fitz, right? Seriously. Fitz is not into that idea apparently, but I am. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) How could people not want to come to my mother, my mother's store there? That's just terrible. How dare you suggest such a thing? So one of the things they talked about is putting on like one big show. Like if you do a lot of concerts, you can't expect your friends to, to come to every single one. But if you want to focus on one, make your concerts a thing that they can bring people to. Like your concerts are the best place to bring like a Tinder date or a Grinder date or like a Match.com date because you, you know you like cool music and you're connected to this cool music community and there's other people for you to talk to and you don't have to talk the whole time because it's a concert. And I'm like, you know what? That would totally work for your store. Like make your events are great places to bring a date. Oh, yeah. Our romantic comedy yes. show every month, I think, is the site of many uh, first, first or dates. second or second date. So I think what you need to do is reach out to some of these um, like date sites and make sure that they know about your events and they could cross promote you. That's a great yeah. idea. We should have like uh, match.com like mixers or whatever. Yeah. Or totally. you. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can attend. I'll run it. Great. <laughs> She's so enthusiastic very, about finding love. I'm very enthusiastic. Um, you could actually do a whole advice night, like dating advice. Bring your date and listen to horrible dating stories. Your date will not be as bad as these. Um, my favorite podcast with two best friends is My Favorite Murder. <laughs> I, am, I, I wish that I could listen to that show. I, I cannot I, believe that it's a year old. I am just so in awe of how awesome it is. 
I can't listen to details about murder. I will never sleep again. I can't I, even read Wikipedia about unsolved crimes from 1902. My, my, Wikipedia, <laughs> my Wikipedia search is terrifying. <laughs> if anyone ever finds my computer, they're gonna think I'm a serial killer. Yeah. I I love murder, and I've always loved murder. I've always particularly loved serial killers. You and Elise and- need to talk because that is exactly how she is. Yeah, I just it's I love when I meet other romance people because it's like it's like two sides of the same coin in our mind, I think. Like it it's the opposite of romance. <laughs> it's it's like the worst case scenario. And and I've always been really obsessed with historical murders, obviously given my my bent um and have always wanted to write a series about a serial killer heroine. <laughs> But I don't think it's very heroic to serial kill people. So I haven't. But please, someone write about serial killers falling in love with each other. Wasn't there one where the heroine, with the heroine, it was like sort of a sort of a romance, but really creepy. She was a serial killer. Was it Chelsea Kane's series? Oh my god, I'll have to go look it up. I don't know. That sounds like. I yeah. I just have always been fascinated by murder yes the 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 series is archie sheridan and gretchen lowell gretchen is a serial killer yes i'm gonna go read that immediately i'm here Uh, for you but i love that there's like this whole podcast and i just love like everyone is sharing in this thing where we've all discovered that that there are other people obsessed with murder (laughs) and it's like not and and that the funny thing is they like actually talk about specific murders and like people come on and share their stories of their favorite murder which is so creepy to say but i have so many favorite murders what would you say is your favorite murder i don't know i mean i don't i've, I've always been a jack the ripper fangirl like obviously he that's a horrible story but it's just fascinating in the time period and like who he targeted and also maybe it was a woman i have a lot of opinions about jack the ripper you're a nutter. I am. I <laughs> potentially need to seek help about my obsession with murder. I cannot even read the Wikipedia pages about unsolved crimes from like the oh turn God, of the best Wikipedia pages. No, Wait, you can't. Like... I can't. I can't even sit in my office in like ten in the morning with all the lights on if I do that. <laughs> okay, so like normally she is crazy about this stuff. This is Leah, but every once in a while she, we both love to read long form articles, and she'll like make me read a really good one and there actually is this no one gets murdered um there is an amazing one from a couple months ago about um this pta mom oh my god this was the best thing i read what site was it on? it was on la times yeah because it was and it was about this pta mom who gets like i don't even know how to describe it without like giving everything away um caught up in a <laughs> drug dealing scandal that maybe she didn't actually have anything to do with it's really a good read oh it's- they're making it into a movie with julia roberts of yeah. course they are um it's a story taylor made just that. google like la times pta drug mom and you'll find it oh my gosh that's crazy yeah it's very entertaining and nobody dies so it's good yeah. Looking for long-form journalism about crime? Come to me. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of it. B has got you covered. 
That's awesome. All right, are there any other books that you want to make sure you're mentioned? Because I feel bad that I've taken up so much of your day, and I hope you're not like, oh my god, we have to get off the phone. No, it's we're, really fine. Like, so we're filming. Yeah, this crew rented out our store, but we can't like leave them here alone. So of we're just course. like sitting here. Just, <laughs> okay, like, good. This is the best. We're yeah, no, this is great. Um, what are they filming? Um, it's this CBS show called Life in Pieces. Ooh, it's like a sitcom. Oh, can I? Can I make a plug for the book I am most excited for? No, we don't want to talk about books. Why would we do that? Yeah, that's probably fine. I haven't read it yet, but I know it's going to be amazing. Alyssa Cole's upcoming historical spy novel. An Extraordinary Union? Yes. Oh my God. I am so excited about this book. I can't even begin... (laughs) Just every time I see someone post a picture of an arc, I have like a visceral anger that they're reading it before I am. I'm like, I will cut a bitch for that book. I am so excited for it. I just think it's going to be amazing. I, I love Alyssa's writing. She is an amazing writer. And then she just, God, that story is so good. Oh, well, if we're talking books that we're excited about, I have, that's a different list. Hold on. <laughs> that's my upcoming list. Let's see. Okay. Exploited by A. Meredith Walters. It comes out, it doesn't come out until June. It is about a hacker who, unbeknownst to either of them, falls for the agent who is supposed to be hunting her down. Oh, boy. Yeah. It sounds so good. <laughs> The little dog is making snuffling noises. He would like to be included in the conversation. Okay, cool. Fitz, Fitz, what do you have to say? Because um, Orville, Orville is out and about. My Fitz would around. like to say thank you very much to the smart bitches for yes. the very nice mail he received. Oh, we're so happy. And he would also like to say thank you to the whole romance community for just being so welcoming to him. Oh. And he feels very loved. Yeah. And wow. that's how the romance community should be. Yeah. yeah. We what? welcome dogs and boys. Yeah. <laughs> and boy dogs. And boy dogs. That's right. Our little romance hero. Yes. And everybody should come to the Ripata so they can meet him in person. I mean, he's amazing in pictures, but in person, he's just like a little tiny pig fox. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like the Instagram times a thousand. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's ridiculous. And you don't, and people like don't believe that um, he'll like let anyone hold him. And like, so they'll like pick him up and then he like sits for about 10 seconds and then he just like his whole body just sort of like collapses into you (laughs) the moment it happens. And everyone is like, oh my God, like this dog is just now like plastered to my body. Oh, and there he goes snorting away. Um, And he's just so fluffy and loving and we're so obsessed with him. I'm uh, I'm so happy that you have such an awesome dog and that this store is doing so well. Thanks, Sarah. Like, I mean, I was super excited when you opened and I was super excited to support the Kickstarter. And I was super excited to see all these pictures. It just makes me so happy that you are out there kicking ass. We love to hear that. Thank you so much. Yeah. We yeah. hope everyone out, outside of L.A. knows how much we appreciate their support. Yeah, it's, that's very true. Yeah. And that is all for this week's episode. I want to thank B and Leah for being so kind to hang out on the phone with me. And I also want to thank Fitzwilliam Waffles for being part of the podcast because more pets is always more gooder. I will have links to all of the books and different links that we discussed 
in the episode at the podcast entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And you can also find us on iTunes at itunes.com slash dbsa. This episode is brought to you by Kensington Publishing. Don't miss Into the Firestorm, the pulse-pounding third installment in the New York Times bestselling series Boss Inc. by acclaimed author Kat Martin. Follow bounty hunter Emma Cassidy as she prepares to get revenge on one of Seattle's most powerful underground gangsters. But Rudy Vance is proving tricky to nail down, so Emma enlists the help of Luke Brody, a fellow bounty hunter who is as legendary for his skills in a fight as he is in the bedroom. Together they generate so much heat, Rudy Vance and his gang don't stand a chance. Cat Martin's signature spine-tingling suspense, unforgettable action, and scorching passion that made her a household name is on full display in Into the Firestorm, on sale now wherever books are sold and on kensingtonbooks.com. I also want to let you know that we have a podcast Patreon, patreon.com slash smartbitches. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support the show and keep it excellently growing as it is. Thank you. And you can also help me upgrade equipment and commission transcripts for the episodes that don't have them yet. If you've had a look and if you've become a patron, thank you so much for your support. The music that you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is Avin Anahar. And it is by the Peatbog Fairies from their CD Dust. Now, I had to look up Scotch Gaelic pronunciation, which was different from the Irish pronunciation of those words. So if I said that wrong and it was supposed to be the Irish one, I apologize. But I think I guessed the right one. But if I didn't, I did my best. You can find this album, this song, and all of Peatbog Fairies' music at their website, at Amazon, and at iTunes. Thank you again for listening, for leaving reviews, and for spreading the word about the podcast, and most of all for contacting me to let me know how much it means to you. On behalf of B and Leah and Fitzwilliam Waffles, Orville, Wilbur, Zeb, Buzz, and everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a fantastic weekend. <laughs>